So regarding 30-day bans at Harbor Place, it was quite simple. Any place of business or in a residential or even with signing a lease for residency at an apartment building temporary or geez, even at the Ritz-Carlton, there's going to be rules. So you can't break the rules, you will be asked to leave. So this totally makes sense. They put together a lengthy list of what they expected, and if you broke them, you had to go. And what starts to be a problem, and still is, I'm sure, till this day, on, in a lot of people's minds, was the unfairness of it. Um, a lot of things, if I just generalize to not get into a one-hour conversation on this, there was favoritism, and a lot of and a confusion and disarray with everything, as people will begin to really f find out as I put this together. People who lived there and others who could listen to my work and read it and follow, or whom I talk to that know, are in agreement. Um, people know what I'm talking about. Tons of people. All the ex-guests as well as their friends. Um, this is another part of the project, is to let this get out more and more and as it, with time it is finally happening um, very slowly but amongst the circuit of us people who had lived there um, ask anybody gather a hundred people who live there and do a survey everything that I'm saying for the most part can be verified by the other person have seen it been there went through it Oh yeah, um, even right now on the Facebook page, not much is there, but it's, oh, still the same, oh yeah, this happened. I mean, why this project started is because of the amount of people saying the same thing, feeling the same thing, and seeing the same thing uh, day in and day out. Even after they left, a lot of people left because of something was going so wrong there for them. And if they had an option, a quick one, to go away, they did. But even some people, like I heard of one girl, because of the screaming and yelling and fighting there on the grounds um, from the staff and a few people, some incidents, many incidents occurred. Anyways, this one person that I knew of uh, opted to move out of town down south of Vermont and then come back, commute back up to Burlington to do any uh, business and um, economic services appointments she kept. And that's how I knew, because it was like a, not wild, but it made sense. Also, being there, people would just leave. Clearly, if they had a place, a couch, or a friend, or family to stay with, they opted to do that. People burst into tears for not paying the rent, as I tweeted about before. But people also burst into tears because they had, they wanted to get out of there. And I know people asked often of the case management to you know, how, asking if they could get into the battered women's shelter because they didn't want to be there because of the amount of police and the unhappiness on the ground. Um, in another episode, I'm going to cover, of course, the women helping battered women, as I've tweeted about, but I feel strongly I will be covering the shelter in itself as well as the components of getting people to live in that shelter I will be covering that, that is for certain. But for here and now in this episode, I will get back to the 30-day ban and the appeal. Um, 
So clearly, people did thefts and crimes. I love that one. It said if you did that at Kinney Drugs, the neighboring properties, if you stole something from there, for instance, then you had to leave. You know, makes sense. I knew people from serious, and why we're, I'm disgruntled now, of course, for all the reasons, for these our 30-day uh, appeal and ban situation, because of the fact that people were st- pretending to stab each other using knives, illegal substance, heroin, drugs, selling drugs. These are the people that got the ban. And, hello, 30 days later, they returned. And they returned without question, um, if they knew about if they knew they could come back. They walked in. There was a friend of ours, ex-friend, who walked right in. And there was no questions asked, no poking fun, even though that's what goes on there when you come to the counter. Not his welcome day, the first day. He just checked in like any old Joe with his child. And he was able to continue. And ironic to this, and of course another episode, is the fact that that particular friend of ours shouldn't have been allowed back. And... Also, may, people may not follow the Facebook page, but uh, or you know, not are not with me to hear people's disgruntledness at that matter in itself. The fact that people shouldn't have been allowed back. I know even the police department of Shelburne was having that as a issue. I know around the time that that we left, uh, that the chief of police mentioned, or I guess this made it to the papers, and why I knew about about it. You know, people should not be coming back. That was the huge problem. So after doing major things, people were returning. So in our case, since I insulted him, I remember in the appeal asking, you know, I'll I'll apologize to him. Now, I don't believe in false apologies, by all means. But in a lot of places of business and even school or employment offices, there's when you come to acknowledge you own your mistake, which I did, but in the meeting, um, to use a way to say no to me, it was thrown back that I didn't um, acknowledge my own wrongdoing, which is ludicrous because on the appeal form up at the top, that's how I open it. I insult him. But then later people told me and laughed and said, that's not an insult. You know, I, what I said was kind of vulgar, truck drivery, but he can handle it. Um, the property manager was 60 years old or thereabouts, uh, married, children, uh, lived his life already, he's a man, hello, and he was a manager of that kind of environment, come on, you know, they acted this, what I find a joke, it wasn't a school, a private school, it wasn't a convent that's renting rooms out, and now this is really strict, you used the bad language, you talked like this, you can't come back, this, look what the place was, for God's sake, I mean, it's unbelievable, to hold that against me to that level. What I mean, again, not only the 30-day ban, but in my appeal, I'm there for two hours sharing things that I had bottled up to use in my defense. Now I had to, so I did, and I still limited a lot. I still kept a lot in. I didn't say it all. Uh, Megan Foster of Women Helping Bettered Women uh, showed up to the meeting because I wanted her support, whatever that means. She just sat there and said nothing. She said not one word, but she was taking it all in, and she was going to use it against me and become really against me at the end of this um, hearing because she was defending uh, the property manager, Dan. Hello, what else was new? 
So she kind of really just started to really not like me based on what she was hearing. One, our friendship was more than um, we cared for him, and he was our friend, and we liked him very much. And I don't mix business with pleasure. I know I'm not on the make. I'm not chasing anybody. I wasn't there for that. He was our friend. My son enjoyed um, talking with him and liked him so much. And there's no harm in that. This was not what blew us up. The jealousy of some women who liked him and who were obsessed with him. Once seeing just the way he would act with us and the way we acted and laughed with him at the counter, this caused jealousy. Um... I want to say in life it does, and that's a fact, but in a professional place of business, it shouldn't. And these two women are extremely immature, extremely unprofessional. Um, and when I say immature, babyish. I mean, when you're 14, you get a job. This is one of my case management things, which, again, is another episode. You start working doing cars or paperwork, um, delivering papers, McDonald's, cashiering. Hello. So... You know how to count money, and you know how to hold yourself at the workplace. You might find that little David is cute, and Sally Sue is so cute, and you have the crush, but you're going to behave, or you're going to be fired. I've never witnessed what I witnessed at Harbor Place. Think of this shelter environment, misery, misery, bad luck, people down on their luck, people trying to do better and move on, and you're witnessing the most inane immature BS in the world. I've never, again, seen, and I worked restaurant jobs, never seen anything like what I saw there. This went on day in and day out till I finally started expressing it. So, Megan Foster's sitting with us, and she was basically taking it all in and brewing her jealousy against me and favoritism towards Dan, the manager, and CHT. And so, because I end up talking to her at the end uh, she was wasting my time that was all of it I talked to her twice a week I talked to her a lot I'm very open and I like to be proactive and share I don't have to do this and I shouldn't have it's a big mistake of mine but once I sit with her after the appeal meeting she was to help us to find additional housing another hotel to go to all with more false promises after months of knowing her and months into the job she was still BSing with things that weren't going to happen she the next day acted so creepy when uh, she saw me in the morning when I came in to speak to her just briefly and I mean very brief because I was busy moving my things all by myself and I was very busy and sick and tired of it all, by all means. And we had one more week to go. We had to leave. But she had the nerve to tell me that she was leaving to go off for two days out of town. She was going to be around. So she left me high and dry. And when, upon return, she does nothing. She does not pick up the phone. She could not care less. And later, I know she wrote down in some paperwork of hers in the notes that I was hard to work with. But that's ludicrous. How could I be hard to work with? She was milking me for information, mostly about property manager Dan and what was the goings-on at Harbor Place. And she used me for that. And so she does not help me with the appeal, as I've strayed away from that topic again. These are off the cuff. I'm not so much using notes as I'm just expressing myself, and that's why I'm kind of sharing that these are off the cuff, because they could be written or done in many styles. And since I'm a creator and an artist, I feel I want to share what style this is. I may stutter, mess up, I may talk fast, or 
go off because it's just like a, you know a interview or somebody catching me and off guard and just talking to me and I like that and and that's the, the decision the way I wanted to go with this part of the project the podcasts so anyways um that is the the rules uh, situation with me that insulting him is not listed there or any staff member it just defines it as um respectful environment they had the nerve i found that a joke when i first read it when they first uh, changed the rules um they had added that and what that meant was it was going to favor the staff it meant respectful environment and period it does not elaborate why not add that um, there, but it meant uh, one-sided. Uh, Dan Mendel could insult, abuse, emotionally abuse you, um, and I don't mean insult so much with bad language, but or name calling. But he was brash, and he did use bad language in speaking to people. He barked at people, and he was horrific, overbearing, and made people feel horrible. Um, he practiced that often. And got away with it because it says respectful environment. So basically, if you talked back, this is how immature and ludicrous this is as for a place of business to list this as a rule. But it was one-sided, again, um, I say, to describe the fact that it meant they could be rude and you could not talk back. Don't talk back because they're running a convent and it's a favor that you can rent out these rooms. And there's no profanity and no violence of any sort otherwise you have to leave type of deal. Very condescending and um, very snobbish as with most of what was going on and still is. That's the vibe. And again, so it's favoring him. I believe he would have accepted my apology because we were still friends. It was just when you have like a, a fight with your friend and you're going to make up back to the school thing and the place of employment. A lot of times people sleep over it, you know, think about something a couple minutes or even hours later. Yeah, you know, I feel sorry. I'll apologize. And then people shake hands. That's the adult world. There was nothing wrong with me saying it. You know, he and he was the manager, so he would say, agree to saying sorry and or accepting an apology, and we'd move on. That's what I believe. Um, he appeared, I, I could be wrong, but it, it appeared he was glad that I was going to have the appeal because that meant we would um, rectify it and stay. But we end up just um, getting honored to stay another week. I had only had that much money left to do that was a problem that I was trying to work with Megan because we couldn't pay anymore the cold weather exception uh had stopped it got warm and we had trouble finding an apartment I wasn't finding as it's just crazy in Burlington and the surrounding areas to rent a place and I just was not able to find one fast enough and I needed to get another extension for my voucher and I was in the middle of working on that, as well as summer camps for my son, and of course the great warmer weather on the lake, and um, enjoying beautiful Vermont that we love so much. Um, I had lived there before. I've always loved it, and it's my home. It still is to this day. Um, it's unfair to be mistreated and segregated. I'll be covering that. Uh, the segregation of a neighboring New England state, uh, Massachusetts. Your Boston people, Massachusetts, mass holes have built that town. In the 80s, the influx of mass holes. There was an article in the Burlington Free Press on that. I'll never forget it. And that's what 
runs the place, buying businesses, buying homes. You know, the New Yorkers, everybody's got a home. Uh, wealthy people from Los Angeles, a lot from New York. People love Vermont. And then there's New England. Then there's Bostonians, my God, driving up there for everything, um, friends, family, college, the college students. Um, there can be no segregation from towards Bostonians and anybody behaving like that it's just it's disgusting because it's racism the same type of mentality as, as racist uh, we're all one we're all one people and ironically in Vermont the majority of people are very ki kind and friendly it's a very nice environment so when you hear the negative and racist talk it just really sticks out and for me to be chastised for being out of state and being from Boston is just, again, just ludicrous. Anyways, I think I've covered enough topics in this episode, and clearly all these topics are going to grow into their own episodes. And as people will now see the components of this project and what we went through and what I have creating... Uh, and a job to do to get this out there because I believe that there needs to be change, there needs to be awareness. Um, none of what happened to us should have, and I speak for myself as well as my son and any other female, male, disabled, any other person walking through Harper Place. Um, no one should have gone through it. Um, it's all needless. Unprofessionalism, immaturity, there's no place for that in any work environment, any. That's strip club, food service, warehouse, any place. What happened never should have happened. And so we're going to be getting the story out there finally, because wrong is wrong. <laughs>